Well, hello there, ladies, gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, am the man who I just introduced the show of who he it belongs to. Mr. Warren Hayes. Hey, you know what? I'm really glad that everyone is here this evening. Hello and welcome. It is Thursday evening. Once again, going to we're here to talk about professional wrestling. And we're going to talk about how things moved and grooved this week. Oh, I should never say moved and grooved ever again. I duly apologize. But I'm really excited to be here I, 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 I recording your the show, like I said, on a Thursday night. Uh, 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 July 23rd, actually, 2020, right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Yes, yes, I record it live in front of a live group of people who join us here live in the chat. I can't stress enough that this is live here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Uh, we've got, uh, who have we got here with us this evening? Well, we've got Thomas Gorries is here. Hello, Thomas. We've got Kelly Tornjes, who's here as well. Good to see you, Tim Traver, uh, as well. Nice to see you, Tim. Robert Larry, hello, sir. DGMC is here. That's nice. Anakin JMT is here as well. Good to see you. Big pause on a pup. JPQ, our boy, living the retirement life. Good to see you. Blue, Bluegrass, Jeff is here as well. Uh, who was it? Kristen Ashley is in the chat. Everyone, Kristen Ashley is in the chat. Ben Parise is here as well. Good to see you both. Uh, Tony Wiegand is here as well. Carlos is here. Anthony Gaston as well. Uh, who else we got? Mark Forbes, Brian Payne, Nikki as well. My goodness, Daniel Marshall. Good to see everyone here tonight. And a good group of people once again here tonight uh, on the Mr. Warren Hay Show. Benoit just told us in the chat that he is on vacation, our uh, mod Benoit. He's on vacation. And doesn't the Mr. Warren Hay Show just absolutely rhyme with uh, leisure? It rhymes with leisure if you try really, really hard and you, you know, you, you pretend because that's what it is. But hey, thank you everyone for being here. If you are watching this live right now, do consider giving the video a thumbs up. That kind of stuff always helps. Uh, if you're watching it whenever you can, that also helps as well. Feel free to leave a thumbs up. And hey, here's the thing. If you are listening to this on the podcast app, because yeah, the audio is out there on podcast applications, you can just very, very simply, very, very easily just give us a like, a review, a subscription, a follow, whatever it is, whatever you can do there to show some love for the Mr. Warren Haitian. That would be really appreciated. That would be really, really appreciated. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic stuff. Uh, remember, as per usual, after the show, we get, we have a post stream. After the prime, the prime stream here, there's a post stream that happens where we talk more about professional wrestling and and stuff that I don't get to cover over the the, the time that I allot myself on the mainstream here. Uh, so that happens at Patreon.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. You become a you subscribe to the Patreon. That's one of the perks you get. You get to join the very 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 awesome cool chat that happens there where we talk about wrestling and sometimes other stuff. It's a good time. So come on over immediately after the post uh, after the post show. I'll be talking a little more about the matches that I really liked this week. Um, Alistair Black losing. 
the Young Bucks versus Butcher and the Blade. We're going to talk about all that stuff. So, hey, come on over. It's a good time. That's a good way to show support for your boy Warren as well. Plus, if you want, you can also drop us a super chat, which is a great way to show some support. And I will read your question, comment, mood, or whatever online right here for everyone to hear. Kristen is uh, had a uh, was on assignment today. She she's from a remote location. Unfortunately, can't join us this evening. Very very unfortunately, can't join us this evening to read off your super chats. But she'll be back soon. She'll be back soon. She's with us in the chat. She's with us in spirit. She she'll be she'll be reading the super chats out loud oh, to herself. Yeah. That's one thing that we can definitely definitely do. Tim Traver left us a super chat earlier on. Thank you very much, Tim. Uh, it's raining. Tonight, where I'm at. Th lucky you. Here it is. Humid. It was raining a little earlier, but now I got humid. So, mm. Anakin JMT left us a super chat as well. Thank you, Anakin. Says, calling it now. Patreon post show will feature Xbox showcase talk today. Seeing how we did talk about the PS5 re reveal last month. Uh, full disclosure, I didn't have time to watch the Xbox showcase talk, but we can definitely talk about it, but you're probably going to be... Um, you're probably going to be uh, t uh, schooling me on a whole bunch of stuff that was introduced today because I haven't seen it at all. Daniel Marshall left a super chat. Thank you very much, Daniel. Very much appreciated. And Anakin left another super chat. Says, wish I was on vacation. I start working 20 minutes. Anakin. Well, you, you got to do what you can, right? I appreciate, I appreciate you popping in before you do head out to work. Got some more people joining in here. We got Evan Wright who jumped in. Uh, Cody... Fosterling as well. Good to see you, Danielson as well. Hello. Um, yeah, there we go. A whole bunch of people jumping in now. Ryan Smith, how you doing? It's all good stuff. It is all all good stuff. My God, it is hot. It is very very hot. Uh, but uh, this this will not stop us from moving forward and getting right into. Uh, just before I do, don't forget, do this, Warren, so that it doesn't mess up. There you go. Now we do the, the weekly wrestling inspection. Turns out this week was a pretty big week for professional wrestling. I don't know if you guys realized it. There, there, was, a, there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, this week, uh, starting off with um, starting off with some pay-per-views this weekend. We're gonna I'm gonna talk about them a little bit, <laughs> of course, uh, and uh, give out some cool beans to Slammiversary. I thought it was a good show. I thought it was I I thought it was a good show. Um, it was uh, it, 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 I thought it was uh, there was a lot of good stuff on it. You know, like any show, and there's some stuff that you you sort of go like, eh, but. The Slammiversary shows, as far as Impact goes, they're the ones that always deliver most. Of course, there were a ton of surprises. But look, wrestling is about wrestling matches. So what were my favorite wrestling matches? I'm glad you asked. First of all, the main event, Eddie Edwards becoming the uh, the new Impact World Champion, defeating Ace Austin, Rich Swan, Trey Miguel, and and Eric Young making a return. Uh, I, I liked the match. I thought it was really good. Giving the title to Eddie Edwards is such a good idea. The guy is a, he's a TNA impact lifer. Like he has been super loyal to the company. Even after he, he ate the bat 
in the face by Sammy Callahan. The bat, the bat shot that made Sammy Callahan into what he is today. He stuck around. He's been working hard since. It's a good way to round all of that stuff out. I think it was. Uh, uh, I think it's fantastic, and it's a good idea to put your title on a loyal guy, on a guy that you're pretty sure ain't gonna walk out when things don't start going his way. Am I right? I mean, after you know, Tessa just buggering off and being like, like uh, nowhere to be found, kind of thing. That really sucked. That really 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 sucked so i hope um uh i i you know I, I i i'm happy for eddie edwards he deserves he deserves a run at the top he's a loyal guy and i think it sends a good message from uh from impact uh yeah impact management i don't know why i hesitated from impact management to say hey we're gonna Ooh, we're gonna yeah. reward loyalty you stick with us you do the work you and you you, you don't like just dis, di, decide to disappear like that and 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 uh, and and we'll do good things for you. So that was good. Deanna Peraza versus Jordan Grace was a really really good match. Deanna as a champion is a good choice. It was a good, super well paced match. I, in my opinion, the best singles match of the show overall. I loved how the Fujiwara, Fujiwara armbar is like uh, the deadliest finisher. Like Jordan was evading it like it was the Ebola virus. Like it was highly. Cont- I love it, and that's what you want to do. And this is what WWE unsuccessfully was unsuccessful in their portrayal of Diana, but I think Impact gets it. She's a technical marvel. She can do whatever she wants in a ring. She can twist and turn and snap people in half if she wants. Good. That's fantastic. Um, uh, and just by having her finisher, setting up her finisher as if it's like the end of the world kind of thing. Mm, chef's kiss I love it Willie Mack versus Chris Bay was a match I really liked I love Willie Mack it was an outstanding match uh, he's so underappreciated Willie Mack is overall Um, Chris Bay is the new X Division champion okay Uh, uh, he's talented but is he's kind of generic isn't he like he has he has he has a a look and and a style and a presentation about him that's just like pretty much uh we've seen it we've seen it multiple multiple times at this point my least favorite match quite unfortunately and it breaks my heart to say it but it was the gauntlet match um first of all i thought we were going to get a legitimate gauntlet match what we got was a royal rumble that ended with that when every once everyone is out of the ring once everyone's been eliminated except the last two contestants then it turns into a regular singles match i didn't like it i the, the concept is fine, but I didn't like the execution. There was a lot of lying around on the sides of the ring by the women while th- those were hitting their spots in the ring. And there were some, there was some stuff that just didn't belong in there. There was, there was, there was some trash stuff. I, I didn't like it, but I can appreciate the difficulty of, of putting on uh, a battle royal type uh, scenario because it is difficult. It's not, it's not a simple thing to do. AEW still has trouble putting on good uh battle royals uh i don't think the casino matches were all the casino battle royals were all that good uh they put on one on dynamite a couple of months ago which was which was an improvement but they're still not there yet like wwe they have that down pat uh i i much prefer the way they pace out the their 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 royal rumbles but of course we got to talk about the surprise 
No, Rumbles or Battle Royal, excuse me. We got to talk about the surprises. Heath Slater showing up now. Apparently just Heath showing up there, reuniting with Rhino, and then being told to hit the bricks. Okay, we'll see. That's a storyline right there. As we mentioned, Eric Young, that made his return as well, did a great shoot interview this week. Uh, if you want to hear people just crap on the creative process in WWE, well, Eric Young took to, said that he got along great with Triple H, Making sanity happen, he thought that was fantastic, but when he moved up to main roster, it all went to pot, so uh, he's getting into a feud with the returning Rich Swan as well, Rich Swan, who's back from injury, was in the main event as a surprise, that's good stuff as well, that's good for him, Rich Swan is a big deal, they should have some great matches, the Good Brothers showed up, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, <laughs> they were there, uh, they showed up and aligned themselves clearly with Eddie Edwards at the end to avoid a, a, a big schmoz. Good for them. Good for them showing up there. Um, and when you, I don't know if you guys, I mean, because it's been around now and it's been news. If you haven't listened to their podcast where they talk about the path that led them to signing up with Impact and all the offers they got from AEW and New Japan and WWE at the same time, it's a great listen. It is a fantastic listen. Uh, it's amazing to hear them talk about how much they regret taking WWE's contract offer as opposed to heading to AEW and they're going to try and do right by by them now. They're not complaining. They're just like, gosh, darn it, we got egg on our face now, don't we, kind of thing. Yeah, so, um, so good for them. That was a good surprise, good addition. And of course, EC3 had a clip at the end, but he actually showed up on Impact this week. The Motor City Machine Guns showed up as well. Uh, it was a good week for it was a good week for uh, for Impact. They got a lot of attention, a lot of good stuff, uh, some great talent showing up. Uh, I, I you gotta like that kind of stuff. You really do. We also got speaking of great talent showing up, Mister Fretz joined the chat. Good to see you. Hello, sir. Flowman is here as well. Very nice to meet you as well. To see you as well, Michael Morgan. Joined us. Good to see y'all. Oh, and the very controversial, of course, very controversial Twitter Twitter uh, handle of Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Uh, and Nick Wolf is here as well, who said, left a super chat. Thank you, Nick, saying everything is evil. Yes, it is. We're going to be talking some New Japan later on, too. Yeah. Uh, Anakin JMT left a super chat. Thank you again. Says, were you disappointed EC3 wasn't in the main event? I was not disappointed surprised i was surprised when when the la when the surprise man was revealed to be um was revealed to be a uh, 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 um rich swan i was like no eric young i was like oh well it's interesting but it's sort of you felt that there was kind of supposed to be like an oomph to it right but the oomph came a little later with all you know with the good brothers and then ec3 showing up uh, I think I think his debut that he did earlier this week worked really well. I, um, probably was a good idea to, to hang on to it. Cyclops is better than Wolverine says, I only watch Impact for Kylie Ray and the knockouts. I'm not going to lie. The knockout division is fantastic. Uh, I was talking about this with uh, with Kristen we watched when we were watching Slammiversary together. Uh, and this is no disrespect, but you really do feel like the women's division does stand apart. And at some point, the men, the men's division sort of all like smushes together kind of thing. That's just me. That's just me. I mean, there's an influx of talent. Impact feels energized. Sometimes that's all you need, right? Sometimes that's all you need to really get things uh, back under uh, back under control. 
Um, let's talk about the uh, the horror show at Extreme Rules, and we're gonna warm soda this one because my feeling. Okay, we're, I'm uh, this. I'm going to run down the matches. I think that's the best way to go about it. Kevin Owens versus Buddy Murphy sort of popped out of nowhere, ended up on the pre-show. It was a hard-hitting match that reminded us how good both of these guys are. Murphy is too good to be Seth Rollins' second banana, and Owens, every time he's in the ring, reminds us, reminds us that he needs to be pushed. Pushed. To the moon. <laughs> to the moon. So remember, folks, remember that. Uh, that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, that absolutely fantastic match. It has to keep going, right? It absolutely has to keep going. Uh, this feud in one way or another, I don't know, but I, what I'm trying to say is Kevin Owens' push needs to, needs to keep going. That absolutely has to happen. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura became the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, defeating the New Day. This match wasn't show, wasn't uh, wasn't supposed to be on the card, but it obviously was put there to compensate for uh, no MVP versus Apollo Crews. This was a really fun match, as to be expected. That Kofi Kingston spot where he was powerbombed through those stacked tables, that was nuts. That was absolutely nuts. I loved it. Uh, it was great stuff. And I'm glad that they're finally doing stuff with uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke as well. Those are two guys who definitely, definitely, definitely deserve it. Bailey defeated Nikki Cross to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Ah, It didn't quite deliver as much as I thought it would. It was okay, but um, a little little underwhelming. Uh, Then MVP defeated Apollo Crews by forfeit kind of thing. Um, yeah, whoop, you know, whoop, whoop. When they find out that, uh, that he, uh, that he wouldn't be, uh, when did they find out, I should say, that Apollo Crews wouldn't be on the show? Because they were advertising him right to the very, very end. At what moment did they find out that Apollo Crews was not going to be there because they should have pulled him? I, I swear, like, it... Again, this is a situation where if WWE were actually getting people to pay out like $60 for their pay-per-view, if they were actually doing that, uh, people would be mad at this type of situation. And I agree. And I agree. Um... Mr. Fretz left us a super chat. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Fretz. Says, Biggie looking very PO'd. Heel turn coming? I don't think so. I... I don't get people want to break up the New Day. I don't understand it. <laughs> why? Why would you break them up? They they all have the the they all have the the um the the Xavier Woods gear on. They're just like, hey, we want Xavier back, and we want every time I see the New Day these days, I'm I'm I ask myself, well, hopefully, Ooh, will yeah. Xavier Woods be back in time for uh? Will Xavier Woods be back in time for King of the Ring? Will he be able to do that? I don't know, man. Cyclops is better than Wolverine says. The only match I cared about was Asuka versus Banks, and that was really good. It was a really good match until the goofy finish. I don't know why they decided to go with that. That Why they, they worked so hard to make it come off as so goofy at the end. I really don't. 
Asuka and Sasha worked really, really hard, and I cannot stress how good they work together. And Sasha, it was again fantastic when she's into it and she's motivated. Sasha Banks is Ooh, so yeah. amazing. Asuka was laying into her like hardcore, but that finish, I I love the near falls, and I love like the 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 you know the attempted belt shots and all that, but then when we got into the ref with the mist and Bailey with the with the jersey and I'm like why why can't we just why couldn't we just have gotten a good a, a good finish or at least you know a belt shot Sasha wins the belt kind of thing loses it the next day on Raw because it's Sasha Banks and she can't hold the title for more than 24 hours I mean I didn't like the finish and it really did take me out of the match. I'm like, my God, they, they worked too hard to get to that Ooh, finish. Yeah. And those are exactly my my sentiments in regards to uh, the eye for an eye match. The match was exceptional until the ending. The It was dumb. It was real, real, real dumb. This is the second time that, um, that your boy Seth Rollins sort of shoved Rey Mysterio onto the corner of the steps. The first time it didn't it didn't yank the eye out. This time it does. Look, I can only the I can only blame uh the laws of physics that I don't have a full grasp on. Uh, be, uh, that's the only I that's the only thing I can blame because I don't understand how this can work. And probably in nature, you know, depending on maybe the uh maybe this the current moon cycle or how much pollen is in the air, the UV index, I don't know, but there's something that happened a a a a, a, a something that happened on that day, on the pay-per-view, that led us to, that led us to a corner being driven into the eye of a guy, led to that uh, to the eyeball falling out of the socket, and then vomit. Again, it sort of. Yeah. Look, we were all watching the pay-per-view to a certain degree, out of morbid curiosity because we wanted to see how they were going to pull this off. They, WWE, how they were going to pull the eyeball thing off. But I didn't know it would be to such a detriment. It would be such a detriment to my enjoyment of the match overall. Where I'm like, this is this is just too dumb. Like, I knew it was going to be dumb, but this is extra dumb. I had heard they were going to do CGI. I thought they were going to do CGI. And I would be like, yeah. And, I, and then later I heard that they had another prosthetic set up for Ray and, and Vince nixed it. And then they went with this shit. This is, it was just bad. It was just bad. Absolutely bad. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was just absolutely bad. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you, Anakin. Says, on the plus side, Cesaro's showing off his new tag title to Woods uh, on Uno this week was amazing. Uh, he did that on Up, Up, Down, Down. I didn't see that. Uh, I must have been close. Cesaro has a, uh, has a, a coffee roast. He has a dark roast coffee brand under his name which is called espresso like kind of like cesaro you take away a couple of vowels anyway Kristen and i ordered some we'll probably do a live taste test at some point brew some up it'll be good stuff uh and finally well we have to talk about uh we have we absolutely have to talk about um um yeah we absolutely have to talk about the uh, the main event the swamp fight it tried to be campy. 
it it tried, but it didn't work. And the tropes were just too tropey. And I'm on record here telling you guys that I like the cinematic matches. I like them. I like what WWE was doing with the cinematic matches. I like the Firefly Funhouse. I liked it so much. I did a whole video picking it apart that you can watch here on the YouTube.com slash Mr. Williams. I, I, the Boneyard March, March, the Boneyard match was super fun. Uh, I thought the Gargano Champa match, the empty arena match that they had was great. But now, WWE, in perfect WWE fashion, is making its way into, is helping me hate, um, it's helping me hate cinematic matches now because these aren't good this was not good it felt rushed it lacked polish and forethought uh i i laughed so hard when the swamp ninjas came out i was like okay let's recycle ideas clearly uh because this is the third cinematic match where we've had ninjas it's the third one or or at least you know, um goons whatever you want to call them hooded masked attackers it's the third one. And again, I was watching this with Kristen and Kristen was like, she, she was complaining that the, that the, um, how bad the show was being lit. She says, is it being lit by a, by a watch, by, you know, like a, an electronic watch? It wasn't good. And how can WWE, oh guys, you're going to hate me because I keep saying the same things over and over again, but WWE always makes me say the same things over and over again. How can a company, a million dollar company that says is a media company that is supposed to be able to put on these fantastic, fantastic, uh, uh, um, uh, these fantastic matches and has millions of dollars at its disposal, how can they not produce something watchable, enjoyable with, with a high level of polish? My God, WWE loves its polish, but then there's these moments where they just feel like they're rushing stuff together and I hate it. It doesn't make sense to me. I do expect better from WWE because I want them to do better. Honest to God, if WWE does better, if WWE does better, everyone does better. It, it that's just how it goes because they are the they are the major leagues. They're at the top. They're the most renowned wrestling company in the world. If they're if they do good and they impress and they set standards. People will want to try to achieve and over over overstep those standards. Why why wasn't this good? I don't understand. Listen, I think the War Raiders Street Profits cinematic match was still worse than this, but this was not good. Braun Strowman, I think he's he's been drowned and the fiend returned. I think they're stealing. I I kind I'm kind of in agreement here. You know the kind of the lake of reincarnation thing. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Uh, with Braun this week, but I think they're kind of ripping off uh, a couple of uh, Matt Hardy ideas here. Uh, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I, um, it wasn't great. It just, it just wasn't great. And as Anakin JMT left uh, as a super chat as well. Thank you, Anakin. He says, when you end your pay-per-view confused on whether two separate titles changed hands, you done goofed. And I agree. Oh, and I didn't talk about Drew versus Dolph. And all I got to say is, great match. Drew McIntyre is having the matches of his career. 
and there's no one around to cheer him on. That fucking breaks my heart. But he's having the greatest matches of his career right now. And he's delivering. And he is, he truly, truly is the, he truly, truly is the champ. He truly is the champion right now in WWE. So those were my warm soda thoughts for um, that pay-per-view. The horror show at Extreme Rules. What a convoluted goddamn title. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, you want to talk some hot trash now? Let's do it. Naomi had a match this week with Lacey Evans, and she jobbed to Lacey Evans. Yes, yes, folks. It's that time of the show where Warren rants about wrestling promotions doing dirty with by their by their women, specifically Naomi. Lacey defeated her because they they got beef they they had beef over the karaoke competition right there, there was beef there Lacey didn't didn't appreciate losing to Naomi thought there was some favoritism some nepotism involved there I if I had it been Lacey I'd be like man let that die lady anywho anywho Lacey Lacey's back to being a heel apparently She's back to being a heel. I don't know why. I thought I thought the babyface thing was really, really good. I thought it was working for the blue collar thing, the the motherhood stuff, which we don't really see all that much in in wrestling. We see, you know, we dads talking about being dads and stuff, but we don't see the motherhood thing all that much. The military service. I thought it was working. I don't know why they decided to flip her back. It's not as if it's not as if uh, SmackDown has uh, has all that many baby faces, right? Anyway, but Naomi, man, she jobs to her again, just like Naomi jobbed to Dana Brooke, who was supposed to get a push, and that didn't deliver anything. Is 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 this going to deliver something? Was this going to lead into something? So of course we're going to lead into the Booker T thing, where he went on his podcast because. Everyone on social media hits after the match went uh, went to create a hashtag. Give hashtag. Um, uh, what was? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just drawing a blank. I, I was gonna say give Naomi a chance, but um, was it Naomi? Give Naomi a chance, or it's like uh, Naomi deserves better. There you go. Sorry, it was Naomi deserves better. And Booker T on his podcast, and for the record, Booker T has. Uh, historically sided with the company on his podcast when these types of situations pop up. He 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 generally does has a tendency to do this. So he goes out, and this is the quote that 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 of course got everyone riled up. And, I, and I'm not going to try to impersonate Booker T. I'm just not. I, I can't do it, and it's probably going to come off as really offensive if I try to do it. So, I quote Booker T. Don't. Don't nobody deserve a chance, all right? First and foremost, you got to earn your chance, your spot on the roster. This is not some kind of movement just to pull somebody up just because, and I hate to sit here and say this, to talk this, to even talk this way because I like Naomi. But as far as the business goes, you get it on your merit alone. That's it. It's nobody's system, and I know somebody's going to hear me and go. He was talking about me. Let's talk about earning things in WWE. Let's talk about that for a second. You don't earn things in WWE. You don't earn your spot. 
sure, there will be instances where lo- you know their loyalty will be uh, will be rewarded. Uh, hard work will be appreciated. You'll be put in certain spots. But I'll tell you one thing: you don't earn your spots on the roster. Well, once you earn your spot, you don't earn TV time. There's one guy who makes the decisions as to who goes on TV, in what program, in what feud. It's one guy. One person alone makes those calls. And that's who you're calling to. And he develops plans for people. And if those plans don't go as he had planned, he doesn't really have a tendency to pivot, especially when it comes to the top guys. He might forget some people, but... there are a bunch of people on that roster who have earned their way into WWE and who have earned a a, a respectful place Ooh, yeah. on the roster and yet are cast aside, set aside, put in, forgot, uh, in forgettable programs or just mishmashed into garbage. This whole concept in WWE of the brass ring doesn't exist. It was debunked recently we've heard about it we've heard about the legends and just and just to make sure because i don't want to i don't want to cater to just saying oh you uh, to people here i want to make sure that everyone here knows what i'm talking about it was a tradition that the that the raw after wrestlemania for a few years for many years Everyone, uh, everyone in the locker room would gather. Uh, would gather, and Vince would give this inspirational speech as to who this year is going to work the hardest to grab that brass ring. While in fact, the brass ring is essentially, are you who's going to please Vince McMahon the most? Who's going to slide into his plans the best? So the thing, if you remember correctly, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, when they left and had their exit interview on the Talk Is Jericho podcast completely debunked the brass ring thing because Zack Ryder was getting himself over. He was grabbing for the brass ring with the internet championship stuff and people were chanting his name, but there weren't any plans for him. So he got shot down. He was told, dude, you have to stop what you're doing. Yet he was going for that brass ring. It's just he didn't fit in Vince's plan. Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch, Kofi Kingston, uh, Steve Austin, these are exceptions they put in the work just like anyone else in that company they put in the work but there's just something that happened that made them undeniable that wwe just could not ignore anymore and god knows they tried in certain circumstances in uh in in daniel bryan's circumstance becky lynch they tried to make a force down our throats that she was a heel when that's not what we wanted they tried They tried to bring it back to the plan, but just couldn't. But most of the time, everyone else who is in a spot in WWE to where where everyone who's in a spot, a, 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 a prime spot on television was picked to be there. It's not based on merit. It's not a meritocracy. Otherwise, guys like, Zack Ryder, uh, uh, Damian Sandow, Christian, Rusev, Ziggler, all guys who got themselves massively over and yet WWE found ways to just cut the grass under their feet. Unable 
to capitalize on the organic build that these people were creating for themselves because it, it didn't stick with the plan. It wasn't Vince's idea. So, if we circle back to Naomi, I don't buy the bullshit that Booker T is trying to feed us. I really don't. It probably... Hey, not that I'm a bullshit connoisseur. It's not as if I enjoy a little bull... Well, that's not true. I do enjoy a little bullshit once in a while. But this bullshit I'm not going to take. <laughs> I don't know where that segue was going. Sorry about that bit. But I'm not here. I'm not here to. T I'm not here to listen to Booker T. And yet, mm -hmm, you're absolutely right. Mm, Naomi has to work for this. Naomi has in has been WWE for over a decade. She is a former champion. She has she has done everything this company has asked her to do. And I will hammer this point home till the cows come home. Her Royal Rumble return was one of the most talked about things on social media. We had people who were not wrestling fans wondering who this woman was. Why? Every time she comes to the ring, she tries to do something different in her presentation. She wants to break. She wants to, to, to add something new. Why? Isn't she given a proper spot? A deserving spot. Because she has put the effort in. She has put the work in. And it's not as if she has it's not as if she hasn't worked for it. It's not as if she never she hasn't made it. They just don't want to give it to her. WWE is just shutting her down. So don't come and tell me that she has to work for it. If there's not a lot of people who I say on the roster who deserve better than what they have. Naomi is definitely at the at the top of my list of people in WWE who deserve better than what they're having right now. Uh we got a super chat. Um we got a super chat from uh Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Thank you very much. Does Booker and Mark Henry always sound like sellouts? Mark Henry, not so bad. Mark Henry, it depends. It really depends. Because um, Mark, you can feel that, you know, he he obviously doesn't want to burn any bridges. He's, you know, Hall of Famer and all that. But you feel like he has a little more loose here. Booker T, Booker T's a company guy. And I, and I don't blame him. I mean, this is a guy who, who came in from WCW, worst possible time. The WCW guys, they were scrutinized under fire. Booker T went with went with the whatever he was given. He did the best that he could. He made the best out of a very, very rough situation. I think he feels appreciative to WWE because I think he looks back at his all his buddies and all of that and he's like, you know, the buff Bagwell, <laughs> you know, and he's like, ah, at least I'm not buff Bagwell right now. Anakin JMT left a super chat as well. Thank you very much. It says, I said it before, I'll say it again. WWE overreacted to how uh, Boneyard and Firefly Funhouse matches were praised and keep failing to reach that high again. Um, I don't think they overreacted because I think they got, I think they got a just, a, an appropriate response to it. People were going to hate it, hated it. People were going to love it, loved it. And it was unique. They were fun to watch. It was different. I think the problem, I think the problem 
was that um, I think the main problem is that they're half-assing the newest ones. That's that's the that's what that's the issue to me is that they're just half-assing it. Everything feels rushed and just like a mishmash of ideas, and there's no cohesion. Boneyard match told a great story. Firefly Funhouse told a fantastic tale as well. But yeah, hey, hey, hey. Um. Oh, hey. Well, look at this. Mags just joined us in the chat. Good to see you, Mags. One last WWE tidbit for uh, for the main roster shows this week, really quickly. Um, Big Show versus uh, Randy Orton. I'm glad it's done. Good. Uh, we're done. Uh, good call to not put it on the pay per view. I thought it was weird at first, but then I was like, I'm glad. I'm glad we're done. Uh, this was it was useless. It was a useless feud. I don't know how it kept. Uh, how uh, what it did for Randy Orton? I I don't know what it did for Randy Orton. I did, and Big Show's promo that he cut. I, I can't remember who tweeted tweeted that out, uh, but it made me laugh. He called it the no country. He called it the no country for Big Show promo. It just came across as extremely contrived, very very contrived. I didn't like it. I didn't like anything. The match was slow. It was plodding. Show was over the hill, and that's okay. He's given what he has to give. It's fine. I I didn't expect anything else from this match, you know. And what about Andrade and Garza? What about Andrade and Garza? They don't get along unless they're helping Randy Orton. Because otherwise they don't get along unless they're happy, helping Randy Orton. Because when they're happy, helping Randy Orton, they get along. But, but they don't get along when they're doing their match. I don't understand. Anyway, hopefully Orton moves on. Hopefully, we won't pull out another over-the-hill legend for him to, to wrestle unless he destroys them, kind of like he did with Christian, that you don't drag it out as a feud and pretend that we're going to get a match out of it, right? Because I can get behind Randy Orton sort of just destroying fools like he did with Christian or like The Fiend would do. That's good, but if we're going to get matches, that I'm not so sure about. J.S. Brown joined us in the chat. Good to see you. All right. Let's talk about some AEW, and we're going to start off with a super chat from Daniel Sun. AEW was on fire, hoping Kingston signs. Yes, Dynamite was really good indeed last night, and I hope Eddie Kingston signs too, and that's who we're going to talk about right now, and I'm going to pull up. If I had if I had the, uh, the uh, another symbol, like the coolest of cool beans... Right. Oh, I'm just going to jump in here just before we get into AEW. Cyclops is better than Wolverine Super Chat here. Ask the question, why are Almas and Garza helping Orton anyway? Your guess is as good as mine. You know, it's not as if he's his in-ring character is interested in helping out new guys. He wants to tear down some guys. Look, I don't get it. I don't understand it. The whole thing doesn't make sense to me. They should have held on to FTR so we could have had FTR KO and everyone would have been happy. Circling back to AEW, Eddie Kingston. Now, it's cool. You know what's cool? Is that there's a lot of people who got their first exposure to Eddie Kingston last night on Dynamite. And I also saw some very... Very obtuse responses where it's like, oh, this is the first time you've seen Eddie Kingston. Where have you been? 
uh, newbie, uh, you don't really watch wrestling if you don't know who Eddie Kingston is. Fuck off. There's never a bad time to discover a professional wrestler. Never, ever, ever, ever. And if last night was your introduction to Eddie Kingston, by God, I'm glad it was. Because you got the best of Eddie Kingston last night. You you had him in prime form. Promo, work. This is a guy who's been wrestling since 2002. And he's wrestled all over the independents. He's wrestled in PWG. Ring of Honor. He's been in TNA and Impact too. Um, it's kind of persona non grata now. But he did have most of his formative years in Chikara. Um, and recently was signed to NWA. I was stoked that he was on NWA. I thought every time he was on the program, he was a star. But they were underusing him. There were weeks and weeks and weeks that he wasn't even used. They were squeezing him into an angle, uh, an angle with Pope. I don't know what they were doing. This was amazing. And again, if this was the first time that you saw him cut a promo, then you were introduced to the heart-on-sleeve style, the completely bare-bones, exposed, and vulnerable type of promos that Eddie Kingston does. Every time he talks, he is the most natural person. He is... Uh, he feels completely bare and that's what works the promo was so good he called out Cody for growing up around wrestling legends while he grew up around junkies and alcoholics Kingston says that every person Cody has previously faced was a child and he is a grown man promises to put Cody into the ground and smile and uh, he says Tony Khan paid him to show up to take the title from Cody this was so, so good. So incredibly good. The, the promo, the match was a fantastic brawl. Thumbtacks were laid out on the ground. Should he have tapped out? I don't think he should have tapped out. He should have eaten a crossroads on the thumbtacks. Tapping out, you know, when you know Eddie Kingston, and Alex was making this point last night on the Wednesday show, when you know Eddie Kingston and where he's from and and everything that he's been through and how much of a struggle for him making it in the business is and was, to see him tap out on a big stage, a big opportunity like that, it kind it's kind of like it kind of makes the defeat all the more bitter, especially since we don't know if he's signed. He, I don't know. If, I really hope he does. Kingston should be signed. It's the kind of, he's the kind of guy that AEW loves because he's able to cut uh, 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 off the cuff, spontaneous, logical, passionate, endearing promos every single time. He's that kind of guy and he can work his ass off on top of that. It's wild to me, wild to me that they, um, that, uh, that there hasn't been the little um, Eddie Kingston is AEW uh, uh, logo yet, but hey, 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 we'll we'll wait and see, right? We'll wait and see. Now we're gonna move on to some warm soda. Still talking about AEW, also known as All Elite Wrestling. <sighs> Thirsty man tonight. I want to talk about the AEW Women's Tag Team 
Cup tournament that was announced. 16 women, eight teams, eight teams of two, of course. Ooh, yeah. And, oh, uh, su- uh, excuse me. Uh, well, okay, there we go. Um, uh, a super chat for Mannequin JMT uh, says, Why would Tony Khan pay someone to take the title off of Cody? <laughs> Maybe, look, hey, we don't know. I still, th- I still think the Cody heel turn is on its way. And, you know, Kingston could have been just like... Bull- Doesn't mean that he's saying, telling the truth, right? Kingston could be saying whatever he needs to say to just get into his opponent's head. Doesn't mean it has to be true. But I kind of like that. Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Left a super chat. He says, I am Michael Jordan. Yep. <laughs> that, that's uh, Britt Baker, who had another fantastic promo. Another another great segment. She's doing such good work. But I want to talk about the uh, the tag team cup tournament here. Um, I'm I'm entering this this cup tournament with a certain amount of caution. Uh, I'm giving AEW the benefit of the doubt. The women's division is in disarray right now, right? Injuries, COVID, and because of it, I think it exposed the weaknesses in the division. It exposed that it doesn't have a depth of talent and it also shows that uh that there are a lot of women that they are not ready to um that they're not ready to get behind and push on TV as principal contenders. And that kind of sucks. I don't like that. But um I'm I'm looking at the creation of the this tag team tournament favorably because if they use this to develop stories and and these tag teams can trickle down into creating characters that we can get to know situations feuds that can that can trickle down into uh into into feuds singles feuds cool if they use it to rise up new stars and you know put more people in front of television cool i am completely down with that that's that's what I think they need to do in this objective here. And that's, excuse me, that's what I think their objective has to be here. There's 16 women that they have, that they, that, that, that are going to participate here. But if we just, here's another, there's 16 women. And this is a positive to me. This is a positive. This is what I'm going to talk about. There's 16 women that are going to be a part of the, of the tournament. 19 women on the roster in the AEW roster right now. Yuka Sakazaki, Riho, Emi Sakura, B Priestley, they're all in Japan, they're elsewhere. Shauna, pretty sure she's in Europe. She's been um she's been on Twitter, she's been uh, posting pictures of her in Portugal in her home country. So, she's overseas. Uh Chris Statlander's injured, Brit is injured. So that's seven women out of those 19 who can't compete. Eight if you want to add Awesome Kong cuz I don't think Awesome Kong has it in her anymore. But you never know. They might put her in there. In a tag team, I could see it happen. I could see them throw Awesome Kong into one of the teams. That's possible. But, um, but okay, but let's keep it at seven. Let's that Seven women of the roster that can be in there. So that's 12 women total. So there's a potential here for AEW to bring in new women. There's a potential for them to do it. We, the, You know, this week, they leaned in heavily on the debuts of Ivelisse and Diamante, which is good, which shows that they're like, look, we want you guys to get excited about our women's division. Look at what we're trying to do here. Cool. So maybe they're leaning into that. 
so maybe they're leaning into these two to be a part of the tournament. I can get down with that. But there's a whole bunch, and there's a whole bunch of women still out there that they could call up, bring in to compete in the tournament. That could be really exciting. And Shaza McKenzie earlier this week, uh, on Tuesday actually, put out a, a wonderful tweet, uh, you know, imploring AEW to to get more women, more talented women from the independent circuit onto onto AEW programming. She said, if, you know, if I wasn't stuck in Australia, I'd love to be there. But otherwise, you have Nicole Savoy, Solo Darling, Holodead, uh, Trish, uh, Trisha Dora, Ooh, yeah. um, who are all fantastic. And then on top of that, Priscilla Kelly, Heather Monroe, Lainey Luck, uh, Tr- uh, Tennille Dashwood, just to name a few. The All women out there, all women who have wrestled uh, on different levels and who could be great additions. And sign them, AEW. Don't just have them come in as a guest spot. Nicole Savoy should be should be in a in a major television promotion. She is. It's nuts to me that she hasn't been uh, signed anywhere, anywhere. NXT or AEW. It, I don't understand. Jazz is a is a legend. You need some strong women in the ring to help guide the younger ones. She's fantastic. She can still wrestle. She she participated in a tournament in Eve uh, at Eve um, Eve Pro Wrestling uh, just uh, last fall. She's still around. And she can still go. Look, I'm looking forward. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. As always, because I want women's wrestling to to succeed. I want AEW's women's division to succeed. But they need to start putting their money where their mouth is and showing that, yes, as they said, they want to do things differently. Right now, they're not. If anything, they are doing things differently because I feel like WWE's women's division and Impact's women's division are far superior. So maybe they are doing things differently and like, well, ours ain't so great. So that's how we stand out. I'm being facetious. You know, that's, I know, you know. But create the women, develop the women, make us care about them. That's what you need to do. And I feel like this is a kickoff point for them. I hope that the division doesn't revolve around Brandy and Ali, not because they are untalented women, charismatic uh, uh, great performer. They're just not great wrestlers. Ali's been wrestling for years, but I don't think she's had really outstanding matches. The stuff where you're like, you can't miss this. Brandy, bless her heart. She's not, she's trained to be a wrestler, but she has, her strengths aren't in wrestling, but they seem to be anchoring it all around these two. I will look. I'm definitely giving them the benefit of the doubt. I hope, 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 hope that then this brings better things moving forward. Critical Sting, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. And Hell Bringer as well. Good to see you. Anakin left us a super chat as well. Thank you again. It says, I feel like Impact and AEW should take notes from each other. Impact needs to deepen their men's and, tags divi- and tag divisions. And AEW, their women's. Um... I think Impact did a lot of that over the past couple of days. Um, I mean, the Motor City Machine Guns, they're one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Uh, The Good Brothers are fantastic. 
you still have the North that are there. Um, the Rascals are really good. I don't think it's a question of, I don't think it's a question of depth. I think, yeah, I, I think they have a sturdy, sturdy, but you know, if they want to do Rhino and Heath Slater as a tag team again, I'd be cool with that too. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, I think they did a really good job with the with deepening the men's division though this week. Impact did. It's just me. Uh, we're gonna keep the warm soda train flowing, and we're gonna talk about Keith Lee and his titles. He relinquished the North American title last night on NXT. I can't help but wonder why we had to go through the whole um, the whole thing with um, uh, I, the whole um, winner take all thing. Making it such a big deal, and not even have Keith Lee defend, you know, either titles a couple of times or I don't know why. Outside of probably this is probably the idea they probably wanted to protect Lee, make him champ, and not have him drop the North American strap before. It's a plausible explanation, plausible, but. It kind of makes the winner takes all thing feel soft now and kind of pointless. You know, we're not even a month in and it's all relinquish the title. Good intentions, right? Because then we get the tournament and you guys know I like tournament wrestling. So I like the idea of tournaments, the triple threat tournaments leading into a, uh, a ladder match at TakeOver 30, uh, which I think was also, which I think is also great because it really full circles the North American title, right? It sort of brings it around because the North American title was uh, was awarded at uh, at a ladder match uh, in a ladder match at take at a takeover. And now we're doing the same thing here. I like that, and you know I like how this will probably give uh, a chance for some new guys to shine. And I think this is something that uh, NXT is in desperate desperate need of. So I get the ideas. It just makes it really 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 weird. Um, the so this all leads into so so now Keith Lee is essentially your NXT champion and then this all leads into him defending the title against uh against Killer Cross that's what they're setting up and and I ca- I, I kind of called it and it bugged me that I called it because I didn't want to see it but yet it's happening we have Dominic Dijak last week who came out and, you know, it's like, my best friend Keith Lee, and they were hugging and stuff, and then, oh, now Killer Cross wants to beat me up, and I, and I said it, and I called it, I said, look, they're doing, they're probably doing this so that Keith Lee will go in to defend the honor of his friend, you know, kind of thing, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is so, uh, and that's exactly what happened, right? Killer Cross dismantling um, Don, Dominic Dijakovic, and he's br- punching him, and choking him out and Dijak says no Keith Lee don't interfere and Keith Lee's looking at his friend being choked out I'm like and why is Dijak telling Keith Lee not to get in there were no stakes to the match if it was a title match if if there was anything attached to that I could understand this is pride this is alpha male this is WWE alpha male bullshit that doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense as far as the motivation goes Keith Lee wants to Respect these wishes of his friend. So now what happens? Keith Lee is like, this is personal. Killer Cross, you made this personal. 
Why did it have to be personal? I'm completely content in my wrestling uh, programming to have the top guy in the company be challenged by top challengers and that's the story. And I'm okay with that because it adds value to the title. It makes the title feel important in and about itself. And the story, the basic story that Killer Cross is a psychopath and wants to destroy Keith Lee is more than enough. It is absolutely perfect, actually, to as a story. We don't need these layers of drama and melodrama. It's like, oh, it's so personal, visceral. Oh, it's the it's such a determining match for the Red Keith Lee. I feel like since Gargano Champa, where it worked, it worked because this was a long, long-term story. Every main event that NXT creates, there has to be like these, this finality, this end of the world, personal, everything's on the line, stipulation about it, when it could just be about the goddamn title. It could just be about the title. And it should just be about the title. That's the thing. Well, we'll see how it goes, right? We'll see how it goes. And we're going to finish this off with some cool, cool beans. Um, man, Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano versus Roderick Strong last night was fantastic. I think it was probably my favorite match from both shows last night. So much good stuff. Reed sold the two-man offense so perfectly. And... If you're a big man, if you're Bronson Reed, don't you want these two guys, Roderick Strong and Johnny Gargano, don't you, these are the two best guys to sell for you, right? And there were some great spots, the double Samoan drop, the dive that Bronson did to the outside on the two, I just like, wah! I popped, I was like, my God! It was great. Gargano and this spot here, I loved it so much. Gargano is on Bronson Reed's shoulders in an electric chair position. Roddy goes on the top rope, flies off for a flying knee. And as he's flying off, Gargano leans back, on the sh- still on the shoulders of Bronson Reed, leans back. Roddy flies over, so he, so he avoids the flying knee. But Gargano f- flies, uh, leans all the way over and poison Ranas, your boy Bronson. That was good stuff. Bronson Reed won. I'm glad that they're pushing a new guy. Big win over two of NXT's, two NXT stalwarts. That's a big deal. Clearly, they see something big in that guy. I'm here for some new pushes, some new people getting some some uh, some shine here, and it's a good opportunity to do it. Love it. Absolutely love it. And other matches that I really, really like too, uh, if we're going to keep the cool beans up, but I'm just... Uh, the Young Bucks versus Butcher and the Blade. They're, uh, I didn't expect to like it, but I did. I loved it. Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan. Next step has to be in the fight pit. In the fight pit, fight pit, fight pit, fight pit. And of course, Cody versus Kingston. That was, Those were great, great matches. Anakin left us a super chat. Thank you, Anakin. Says, what do you think it means that this takeover is before a pay-per-view when the last two weren't, I'm. I don't know. Should we be reading all that much into it? Like I understand what you mean. Like it's back on a Saturday, right? Um. Maybe they. You know, SummerSlam is one of the big five, right? Um. Maybe they just want to get back into that cycle. 
I don't know, maybe maybe they feel that more people like to watch, um, maybe more people want like to watch uh, takeovers on a Saturday night. They have the numbers. They know how their viewership reacts. We don't know. So I'm sure there's some good business intelligence behind it. And that's the weekly wrestling inspection, folks. Whoops. That <laughs> cut off quick. Hey, thank you again, Ben, for the uh, for the jingle of the weekly wrestling inspection. Folks, remember, you can always leave a super chat. I will continue to read. And, um, uh, and, uh, I know a lot of you, uh, a lot of you uh, reached out to me and asked me, you know, it's, it's like, oh, you're not doing the SmackDown uh, post shows on Fightful anymore. No, no, it, it, you know, there's some some stuff going on uh, on a personal basis that I that you know I just need I just need to reduce the number of um, uh, of um, uh, of evenings that I have to absolutely be there to stream and talk about wrestling. So it, it's no big deal. It's just personal stuff. Everything's okay. But if you want to hear. Uh, if you want to, if you want to join, folks, a fantastic SmackDown post show, Kristen Ashley, yeah, girl, is going to be on Post Wrestling's uh, uh, SmackDown recap show uh, tomorrow evening, live after SmackDown. Yeah, girl, Kristen Ashley, she's going to be there, and that's really cool. She's going to be subbing for uh, for a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. She's going to be there with Y. Um, uh, who is going to be um, who's going to be uh, who's going to be hosting? So join her over on Post Wrestling tomorrow evening, immediately after SmackDown. It's going to be good stuff. I want to say hi to Acer Five Thousand. Good to see you. Before we wrap things up, uh, before we uh, before we uh, we wrap things up for today. Uh, you know, as as many of you know, I have a patron, and uh, and sometimes you know, I like to get some, I like to get some suggestions for a bunch of things uh, in the show and so on and so forth. Anakin, <coughs> again this week, who's a uh, a patron of the Mister Warren Hayes show, contributed to the notes, added a bunch of stuff uh, to the uh, to the uh, to the show to help, and I like that. That's always fun. Plus, this week, patron Nick Wolf sort of suggested. He said, "Hey, you should speculate." On who on a bullet club split on New Japan and who would end up on each side? And I'm like, hot oh, damn, that's a good idea. That is really, really good. I want to do that. So that's what we're gonna do. Now the context behind this is very simple. Right now, Evil, who's recently joined Bullet Club, has sort of taken over Bullet Club. He's he's sort of announced himself as the leader. Whereas right up until this point, it was Jay White who was the leader. But Jay White never relinquished his leadership. And usually, uh, leadership changes in Bullet Club are fairly violent. Kenny Omega is the only guy who got away pretty much unscathed. But Prince Devitt, AJ Styles, they got the tar beat out of them uh, in an uprising here. So, So I'm thinking when evil or when Jay White... Um, when Jay White returns to, um, Ooh, yeah. to to New Japan, because he's probably stuck in New Zealand because of transportation and all of that, but when he returns, I don't think he's going to take too lightly. Lightly, excuse me, he's going to take too lightly the fact that Evil 
has pronounced himself as the leader, he's probably going to want his spot back. So what we're going to do here, and I'm going to pull up on screen for those of you who are watching on YouTube, got all the members of Bullet Club currently right here on screen, and and I, and, and we're going to split them apart. We're going to create, because I do think there's going to be a, a Bullet Club civil war, because there's a bunch of folks here who aren't around. And I think when Jay White comes back, there's going to be hell to pay. But let's have a little fun here. This just a little something here to 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 loosen up the uh, loosen up the conclusion here. Let's take a look here. Well, first of all, we're gonna take we're gonna take our boy Jay White. We're gonna take the leaders and we're gonna we're gonna put them aside here. We're gonna put Jay White over here. And evil, we're gonna put them over here. They're they're clearly going to be on opposite sides. We're gonna have we're gonna have a a, a Jay White bullet club and we're gonna have an evil bullet club. That that is uh, to me. Undeniable. Aaron Entertainment. Good to see you. Welcome to the chat. Um, so straight off the bat, if I'm looking at the if I'm looking at the field here, I think that it's inevitable that Dick Togo is going to end up on evil side. Dick Togo made his return with evil. He calls himself the spoiler now because he did spoil. He did spoil it for all us LIJ fans, didn't he? So I think that's inevitable. Like he's he's kind of like his right-hand man. He's his heat. Not that evil really needs heat, but you kind of feel like these two are fused. Um, that these two are are, are, are are fused at the hip right now. So 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 we'll go with that for now. Um, oops. Moved everyone. Didn't want to move everyone, but uh, I, I think it's inevitable that wherever that that Dick Togo is going to stick with evil. I think that's one thing. Oh yeah! Anakin left a super chat. Thank you, Anakin. <laughs> it says, <laughs> so who is that Captain America and who is Tony Stark in this scenario? Um, I <laughs> they're both they're both really bad people. <laughs> like. Jay White and Evil are—they're just bad, both of them. But uh, I think Jay White is Captain America, and Evil is Tony Stark. I'd say that's what I'd say. Um, here's uh, here's one thing. The the um, the Gorillas of Destiny, which are these two fellows here, Tamatanga and Tongaloa. These guys are, whoops, these guys are joined at the hip. Like you, you can't separate them. Uh, they are mostly, uh, they're family, right? They're Haku's boys. They're family. I think that they don't split up. I think they're more loyal to themselves than they are with, um, uh, than they are with Bullet Club. Although they're full in Bullet Club, don't get me wrong. But I don't think they do anything I don't think they do anything if they weren't together. So I think whoever recruits these guys are, are going to get the package deal. I think that's inevitable. And quite frankly, I think that these are big, that they are big um, Jay White guys. I think they're going to stick with Jay. That would be my guess. I don't see... Um, I don't see, uh, I don't see them going over with evil. I don't think it meshes well. Besides, Gorillas of Destiny and Evil, when he was teaming with Sonata, they've had wars 
there's there's a bit of bad blood. Of course, you know, it could be under the bridge, but I kind of feel that that's, that's what would happen. And you kind of have to put Hikaleo then in the situation because Hikaleo is related to these guys. Uh, he's family to uh, to uh, to their cousin, I think. But they're blood, so I think I think the family sticks together. They all go on that side. I believe that you would also take. I think that you that our boy here, Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp. I think he's in, as odd as it is, he's in a career renaissance right now. And I think his stock is going up. I think he fits well in an evil environment bullet club. More than on the other side. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be the guy who's going to eat the pins for that side. Because there's always that one guy in the team, right? That one guy in the team who's in the match to eat the pin in the tag team match in the six-man tag and the eight-man tag. It's always that guy. Yujiro is one of those. I don't think he's going to be there anymore. I don't think you can put him in that slot after a program with Okada anymore. So I think he becomes more legitimate and a bit of an upper star, upper crust star for, for Team Evil. And whereas I think that Hikaleo could be the guy to, uh, to eat pins for... Team Jay White, um, I would argue that Chase Owens goes on to evil side and be, and remains that guy. I think he stays that guy. Because um, that's what Chase Owens is right now in Bullet Club. He's one of the guys who's always there to eat the pins. And I think he continues being that. Evil's team is going to need that type of wrestler, the guy... The guy who loses, that's him. I think Fale stays with the Gorillas of Destiny. Like they've been in Bullet Club forever together. And I think he stays with I think he stays with uh uh with uh with the Tongans, pretty sure. Now, here's an interesting question that I want to put onto you both here. Uh, both, all of you. Taiji Ishimori. And um, El Fantasmo, both junior heavyweights, and they've been they were a tag team as well. Uh, they competed in, in 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 the World Tag League and outside of that as well. But they are a tag team indeed. But they are both also very con- competent, very uh, very exciting junior uh, junior heavyweights as well. I don't think they stay together. I think this split breaks them apart. I don't think their tag team is that strong. Au contraire, I feel like they like they both need to be on either side because I think either side needs a strong junior wrestler. So I think Ishimori stays over on evil side where El Fantasmo goes and joins the Gaijins on the other end. Which is, by the way, one thing we have to keep in mind, never forget what the essence of Bullet Club was. Bullet Club were a bunch of Westerners coming in with their Western shenanigans, their disrespect for uh, for strong style and the, the discipline of professional, uh, of professional wrestling. 
Um, so, like, technically, Bullet Club right now being entirely made up of entirely made up of Japanese wrestlers is a little strange. But I, again, I understand the idea right now that it's kind of tough to get your gaijin wrestlers over, but we got to keep that in mind. The foreigners, the evil foreigners here, because it's essentially that's what it is. That's what you have to keep going here. I think... Uh, look, I think Jado goes on the other side and it doesn't really bother anyone. <laughs> but now you're left with, you're left with uh, two wild cards here. Two very, two, two, two very detrimental, very big time wild cards here. You have Gato and you have Kenta. And this is where I'm torn. And I knew it was going to come down to this because I didn't really prepare before I wanted to sort of do this spontaneously for y'all. But here's my problem moving forward with this setup here. Gato is Gato's revenge arc against Kazuchiko Kata started with Jay White. He betrayed Okada to align with Jay White and then joined Bullet Club with Jay White. And he's been Jay White's manager, right-hand man, so on and so forth. So, uh, and 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 he's been walking around with Switchblade t-shirts still, right? We, we still see it. So, it's it makes sense for him to stay to to go on Jay White's side, but hear me out a second. Despite the f- Kenta is a huge star, and I don't know where he is. I don't know where he's stuck right now. I don't know why he's not on television. Why he's not on the cards? Well, we'll see how how things go, especially after this weekend. There's a show this weekend, but oh yeah. Kenta is a big star and a huge heel in New Japan. Really, really big. He can bring the heat momentarily and he can still go. And wherever he ends up, he becomes a... He's a big star attraction for that faction on top of being... uh, On top of being uh, Kenta the character and the wrestler. He brings an extra level of star power here. And this is where I'm a little conflicted. Logic would dictate, though, that Gato sticks with his boy Jay and Kenta would end up on the other side. I think we do end up with an even seven. And then there's something very, very intense about Team Evil here for making a play for Jay White's leadership, because you'd have you'd have Dick Togo, and who who is a Japanese legend star, he was a Japanese wrestling star, a legend. Kenta on top of that, plus Evil as the champ, that's credibility, and that's what Evil would need, right? He needs to have a credible faction behind him, one where you're like, ugh. This, this ain't looking good for Jay's boys kind of thing. Because you look on the other side, and it doesn't look good for Jay's boys. Folly hasn't been much of a factor for years. Um, 
god they're 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 great but they're no kent i'll put it let's put it that way it's interesting if anything I'd be ready to swap those two out, Gato and Kenta, because I can see Gato smelling the money and just going where he feels he can make the the most bank. He could he could flip, just be like, "Hey Jay, it was fun, but here's a chair shot to the back of your head, and we're not friends anymore," kind of thing. I could definitely see that happening. Definitely see that happening. Those are, so this is what I feel a bullet club uh 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 civil war would look like. This is what I feel it would look like. It's on the record. We'll see how it goes. Anakin left us a super chat says if the good brother brothers rejoin Bullet Club when they can when they could get to Japan, whose side do they join? That's a tough one cuz um as there's no one much around aside again from Fale and stuff, maybe probably Jay's side. That's what I do. Get the I'd like I like Bullet Club full of dastardly foreigners, the Gaijin wrestlers. I like it. It's the essence of Bullet Club. That's what I do. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But for now, I'll tell you what's gonna happen. We're gonna wrap up the show. And I'm going to head on over to patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes to, uh, to set up for the, um, for the post show, the post stream. Warren is off the clock. I'm going to be talking about more wrestling and other stuff. Apparently, I think, I think some of the chat here has some, they have some subjects ready. So if you want to head on over there, thank you. Thank you for subscribing and supporting the show. Thank you everyone for joining tonight. I always appreciate the crowds. You're very, very kind. I sincerely appreciate it. Otherwise, I will be back here. Next Thursday for another show. Remember, Kristen Ashley's on post wrestling tomorrow. You gotta watch it. It's gonna be good stuff. Uh, and uh, and yeah, come see me on the post show in just a few minutes. Thank you all very much for joining us, joining me. I'll see you next time.